Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, Happy New Year. We are in 2019. 20, this is the first one. First, first one. podcast of the year. First podcast of the year, episode 123. Uh, we have you'll never believe this it's gonna be like 20 20 minutes long there's only four games (laughs) (laughs) that is true senor ah and there we've spoiled the surprise that's okay uh this is gonna be one of the this is gonna be a super fun podcast we have nfl playoffs to talk about we have reached out to one of our all-time friends on the internet webs uh a guy that you almost certainly know from the twitter.com space if you have a pulse and you care about gambling you almost certainly have seen some of the free play magic to come from our uh our friend our medical friend from south of the border uh and uh and long time uh long time uh you know, uh, NFL, college football, basketball, tennis, sharp. Uh, welcome to the deep tennis. dive. Mr. Mr. Welcome to the deep dive, Mr. Sports Dog. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to say happy new year to you. And, uh, you know, Andy, I still owe you that tequila after your hundredth episode. So we'll get that. I don't know. I mean, I'm here in San Diego, so maybe I'll do that by uh, Pelican. Um, <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> it's a Pelican delivery. But nice. thank you gentlemen for, uh, for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure. It might this have to be March like Madness a... in Vegas. You just bring a whip. All right. Sounds good. Deal. Deal. It's always good. This is like a uh, winter tradition between us, right? That's Last right. time we did it was the same. That's yeah. right. It's uh it's good to it's good to have you on to talk some football. Um good to be on. Yes. The uh I I failed to mention you're also quite sharp in the baseball space, but that's beside the point. Uh let's talk some football. It's the <laughs> NFL playoffs, guys. We have a wild card weekend ahead of us. As Andy mentioned to me when we were prepping for this, maybe no more appropriate uh, guest to be on for a wild card weekend than the wild card himself, Sports Dogma. Um <laughs> it's been a wild uh, fall, Dogma. Break it down for us. How how is how how are you handling kind of the fame uh, that has come along with uh, putting out just this unreal run of uh, VIP picks? And uh, for those listening yeah. who don't know what I'm talking about, kind of give us a little bit of the backstory of, of how the last couple months have gone for you. You know, it's interesting because um, I mean, obviously, I never thought I'd come to this like position in in the sense of this run. Um, when I initially started this, I was like, oh, you know what? I've been doing analysis for years. Like I've, I've been doing sports betting for over a decade. Like I started as an undergrad just for fun. Like I was like the NFL parlay guy. Like let me parlay the Eagles and the Cowboys and like every team that was that. But then I kind of grew from that. Like I incorporated situational analysis, a lot of stats, metrics that I use like to my advantage. I mean, at this point, it looks like it's to my advantage. And uh, I figured what the hey. I'll put in um, at least some recorded analysis, at least to, so you can pick my brain. You see where I'm coming from. And this literally only started in early November. I was still in, I was still a full-time student in med school. I'm on break right now. Uh, just to go into detail, I'm a third year, well, approaching third year medical student. And uh, it, it was funny because that first VIP pick, we were on Pittsburgh and I cannot say enough, like how, the nerves were that morning of that pick. I mean, I put in heavy analysis for that. And I, I focused on the ACC South because that was a conference I looked at heavily. And uh, it, was, it was a conference that, you know, they had 
relatively heavy heavy spreads. They they tended to beat up on each other this year, um, and in accordance, like you could find weaknesses. So um, we were on pit that first pick, and you know, I remember waking up like going to Starbucks. I had an americano. <laughs> this, these are the types of things like you actually remember. Like it's kind of weird, sure, in that sense. And I was like, I was like, okay, like if this pick loses, like everybody's gonna think I'm a schmuck. Um, which obviously if we did, that, you know, it's your first VIP pick and you go on one and we ended up winning by like 30 plus points. The game wasn't even close and everything that I had written but like came to fruition. So it was, it was weird. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe my analysis is actually worth like a grain of salt, you know, but I've been doing this, like I said, for a long time, I have free picks for all the, for people that know me. I did large picks. I did heavy picks. I did the three unit, like heavy, super banger pick. Um, I didn't say such, but. Yeah, and then from there, it just kind of took off. And then you know, people emailing me, like, that were in Vegas, what's your approach on this game? Or how do you feel about this particular situation? I Obviously, I don't have time to every, answer everybody. But, you know, according to college football and the type of run we've had this year, it's been great. And then from there on, we had VIP 2, VIP 3. And, like, I don't want to, you know, just bank on some of my VIP plays. I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. But it's been an incredible run. And this last VIP that we had for number seven and eight, when we cleared, when we cleared the floor. I, it was funny because we were on the Browns the last pick, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you guys watched that game. The result oh, of the first it, half. What a ride! Yes, go ahead. It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And I had people like, "What the hell's wrong with you? Are you an idiot? Like, like, are you a moron? Like, that was like literally every every message I had. There was maybe hundreds of them." And I was like, okay, let's just calm down. It's like halftime. Like, this is the NFL. This is the way that this sport works. You know, and then obviously the rest of history came back and we covered. And um, it's kind of ironic given just the recent result in the college football play we had. Um, but it's just, it's been a crazy run. I, I love doing this. It's my passion. I love putting in work, waking up every morning and um, looking at the lines, looking at whatever metrics or stats I can find to process a play. The irony is, and I'll just say this, generally when I approach a play, it's rarely with stats first. I'll look at a situational position and nothing substitutes the, your eye test. Like if you've watched the game, you can see a player's, and I guess maybe I get that from, I don't know, you don't even need a medical background, but just to see how players are looking in a given situation, how they look, are they, are they hanging their heads? Are they, are they getting blown out? Do they have any sort of motivation for the following game? How do they stack up, like in the, you know, in the draft? Uh, where, where does the team see themselves? Like all that type of stuff. That's always first. Situational for me has always been first, and that's something I feel like is intuitive. And then from there, you kind of like analyze the stats. You see, okay, well, where does the team accordingly? Like, where do you see the team defensively? Where do you see the team by points per play? I know points per play and all those types of stats and metrics I use heavily are important. A lot of people put merit into them and those are important, but you need to find a situational place first before you establish an argument. And that's kind of like what I've done with these VIPs. And um, that's really what I do with free plays in general. It's just, I, I've liked those plays and highlighted them and I share them early. So hopefully people can have success. I've talked way too long. Haven't I? 
No, don't worry about it, man. I, this is fascinating <laughs> stuff. A couple, a couple quick, quick thoughts and, and rebuttal a little bit here. Uh, one, yeah. uh, having kind of talked to you, been friends behind the scenes, I've known what all the free plays were, and it's crazy because yeah. the first, I mean, you know, what the you know, you're a, an excellent handicapper, and these VIPs, like the first handful of them, they were so hands down, no doubter, like not even close. Yeah, that it was just awesome to see, like no stress, you know, easy, easy winners, right? Then. Yeah. There were some wild cards, you know, some some wild ones too. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the Browns one must have been something else. Like Lamar Jackson gets stoned at the goal line, fumbles it. They oh my kick that back for a touchdown, but then the play is blown they call dead, and they don't get those six like, points. Like, were you just like melting down? I mean, I would be, I would have been in like a full on sweat meltdown. I can't, I can't even imagine how, uh, how that must have felt. But, uh, uh, but let's, but let me ask you a little it, bit it more. It felt about great. I, I was cheering for the Ravens. There. I was, I was, I was happy. You wanted the Ravens I was to see, win. It, it, yeah. Well, yeah. It was, it was best of both worlds because I just needed the Ravens to win the game. So I'm like, well, yeah. let's just hope everybody does well. Ravens by a couple points, whatever. Can I? Can Back I be honest? Door gets in there. I, I was fine with that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Ooh, no, I, I actually, <laughs> I actually left like prior to that play because I saw <laughs> what they were doing and they're driving, and I was like, I've had enough. <laughs> like I literally got in my car. <laughs> yeah, I literally I, got in my car yeah, and I started yeah, driving yeah. back home. Yeah. And yeah. then it's funny, like, so I was looking at my phone and it was like, oh, Lamar Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Like on my little ESPN app, which I hate, by the way, it's so slow, but I use it nonetheless. Um, sorry, ESPN. Um, oh, it's a like, shitty scorebook. Thank you. And it <laughs> just was like taking so long to process. And I'm like, what's going on? How did they not score a touchdown? And then it was like, Lamar Jackson fumbled. And then it was like a spark of like. Like joy, I felt like a little kid. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, what happened? Like, are we, do we actually have a chance? Because it was gonna be twenty-seven to seven. You know, the game's over at that point for the most part. You know, like, I, I mean, that being said, I know it's still the NFL. It's not like the NBA, but even then, it was just crazy. So yeah. I actually left prior to that play. Oh, that's great. That's nuts. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about process because you have a very interesting take on this, and um, and. I have to say, just first and foremost, um, there's people who do this for a long time. There are people who do this for a profession, and they have a very difficult time, myself included, in identifying out of a handful of plays where they have an edge, figuring out which ones are the most, you know, which ones to place the highest confidence on. Like it's it, you know, to a degree, because I have a particularly large audience, I tried not to do the max bomb, blah, 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 lock of the year type of nonsense, because that can really, you know, that can really have negative implications on your audience and you can get put people in tilt and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, But besides that, you know, a good reason I don't, you know, another reason I don't do that is because I have a difficult time, like figuring out like, okay, I like eight plays this weekend and what I like a side in a total in every one of these games. But how do I go about ranking those from like most to least confident? It sounds like what you've done, which is pretty cool is you've kind of narrowed your focus to like specifically looking at player and team level situational aspects for a couple of small sample of the broader picture. Is that about right? Like, like you will focus specifically on half of a conference in college football and you've kind of gone from, you know, Chargers, Ravens, Ravens, Browns, you're kind of jumping across, you know, similar matchups, similar styles. Like, is that part of your process? I would say that assessment is fair. I mean, I really don't like to make my process too variegated. I like to make it like focused. So 
for instance, this year, we had a lot of success in the AFC, ACC South. I had a lot of success in college football in general, but and it's not to brag. It was like the best season I've ever had. I don't know if I've ever been able to replicate it. And I didn't even cap college football until like three years ago. But that being said, it's like I try to focus on a particular conference. I really try to focus on how the teams are doing, what their motivations are, particular situational spots. I mean, yeah, you can like you can spread it around to a certain degree, but those are like select plays. And I mean, I only give out maybe one to two at the most three free plays in a given day. Most of it's like one or two. But that's just like me selecting a particular spot that I find a value. And it's no different than the VIP. I just translated it to a VIP approach to say, okay, here, here's, here's a value in this conference. Like this team, like most of the time it's, it's when it, it's when a team is underperformed. Like they, you know, they've had like, uh, I guess a good example is turnovers. A lot of times those are unexpected, but say they have it against a unexpected turnovers against against a team. They get blown out ultimately. The score doesn't really reflect how they played. That's a good way to analyze how their motivations will be for the next coming week. And I really, I I really try to focus on it because there's, it's very difficult as one person to have a a knowledge of all these different types of conferences and all these different types of teams unless you have no life. And it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I just, no, from my right. point of view, right. it, it's very difficult to do that. It's very, it's, it's beneficial to focus oh, on what your strengths are. And that's you know? such a good point too, with the, the box score, you know, the box score diving, there's, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, you'll have someone be like, well, they just, you know, maybe look at the records or the, the quarterbacks for the two teams and they'll start handicapping, Absolutely. you know, things like that. And, and you can, you know, you can have a team with a record. Gosh, I'm trying to think of who who was it that had just a wild ass turnover differential to the positive last year. I think it was the Ravens whale, but granted, they Probably. they did okay this year too with the change. But sometimes you you look for some outliers like that, even on the like you said on the game level where you know maybe maybe a score wasn't quite as indicative of how close or how how much of a blowout a game actually was whether it's some garbage touchdowns or some inopportune turnovers by a team that's probably not prone to do that sort of thing again. Oh, that's, it, it speaks to the, you know, the, the detail you have to put into if you actually want to try to win at a consistent levels, going back and looking at why the results were the results. I like that a lot. Yeah, I do too. And yeah. actually it, it, sh- it points to a lot of value in special specialization. Right. Like there's a reason that I don't handicap college football. I can't do that. And NFL, I just can't. And granted, if I did try to take on college football or college basketball or something like that, there's so many teams. What do you do? If you're like me and you're using an analytics based approach, you just kind of get swamped in the data. Uh, And, you know, hey, hey, you know what, Andy, this should resonate with you because you, my friend, gave me so many winners in the math this year. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Like I was like constantly thinking Andy's brain, like, oh, uh, yeah, Andy, uh, who do you think? Uh, what are you thinking this maxion tonight? Are you gonna take any action? You know, action, baby. If Andy had a play on maxion, I was like, this is good because I knew he had, especially you know, he's specializing in this sort of stuff, and it kind of speaks to, hey, you know, if you have a specific region, a specific game that you know you're going to commit the time to putting in, you know, putting in, you know, eating the film, <laughs> so to speak. If you're going to be eating the film on a certain <laughs> sport or a certain conference, like that, you know, right, that right there could potentially help you, you know, really, you know, do wonders for you in terms of improving performance. Would you say that all resonates, Andy? Oh, yeah. It's, 
it's almost like I accidentally got into the Mac. I follow the Mac. I love the weeknight <laughs> games. I'll watch as many of those. I me too, I man. Can, but like once, yeah, once, once it started, like, I'm like, well, I'm going to bet some of these. So I started digging into it and boy, we, we did run hot on the Mac for a while there, especially <laughs> the Buffaloes and the Ohio's of the world. Oh like, yeah. Everyone. Was so, was oh my God. Nailing. Like that, yeah. that was a lot of, and it's, it's a lot of fun to, that, you know, I wasn't going wild on those, but it's fun to have some action on a game where it's not just, oh, I'm going to pick a side because I have to have action on a Tuesday night. Like yeah. we, I, I felt like <laughs> we were in some good spots on some of those. And uh, absolutely, that was such a fun and it's league funny. this year too. Yeah. It's funny you reference that because Ohio, if I could just make a shout out to my SDSU friend, I've got quite a few here. I went to UCSD. So like, we had no division one football team. We don't have one period. We had division two basketball just till three years ago. We have division one now, like finally, like we can plant our flag there a little, but even then Ohio absolutely dominated SDSU. And I was laughing so hard during the game because we were on Ohio and that was like a, that was a great team. It was riddled with seniors, but like seeing some of my friends, like when, when I had actually written up something like, Oh, I'm going to be on Ohio in this game. And so they're like, dude, you're an ass. Like what's wrong with you? Why are you not supporting your fellow brethren and stuff like that? I'm like, I just don't approach it from that manner, you know? And I think, I don't think SDSU even scored a point. It was like 30 to zero Ohio. And I was 20, 27, zip. Yeah. 27 to zip. It was crazy. It was a crazy game. And, uh, that team was great, and, and like it reflected in, in the conference itself with the, with the Mac conference. So I, yeah, I echo that same sentiment. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put Andy on the spot. Andy, uh, do you know the UCSD mascot? UCSD is oh. University of California, San Diego. Andy, you know their mascot? It's, it's something awful like the Bandoleros. Or <laughs> is that close? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's yeah, like it's a the, bandit. Yeah, there's another one down there that's like the bandits or the the gauchos or whatever. But this you see gauchos, you see San Diego is uh, is the um, the Tritons, right? Right, Tritons, correct. Tritons. We're the we're we're basically the effective Aquaman. That's what we are. Aquaman, the Aquaman from San Diego. Okay, good stuff. Well, let's talk. uh, Let's pivot this right into talking about some of these wild card matchups. If that's okay with you guys, absolutely. and uh, and again, congratulations on the incredible run and continued success. I'm sure you've heard from some crazy ass people, uh, and some yeah, you know, you've heard. You've you. heard and uh, I'll look forward to hearing more stories in the future. Uh, but I want to talk real <laughs> quick. We we go we talk about motivations. You talk about kind of micro analyzing like how <laughs> players and how teams are performing for a given situation. Indianapolis takes on the Houston Texans this weekend and this is a fascinating game to handicap from a million angles this is their third matchup obviously it's not often that we see uh divisional opponents match up in the wild card round but when you do it's always a very difficult handicap indianapolis is the proverbial hot team that played their way in right they this they literally had to win on sunday night on the road in order to even be in this spot and you know you can think back you don't have to think back too far to remember teams like the Packers and the uh, and the Giants who and who was the other one the Steelers I remember in our lifetime they kind of captured that yeah. momentum of playing their way in in week 16 yeah. 17 and then carried that right on to a hot hot run throughout the uh, the playoffs it's hard because you're on the road obviously it's hard because it's tough to get up and have that energy week in week out um, but, uh, but nonetheless, is there any of that motivation that comes into play here, handicapping this Indy Houston game, uh, dogma? And, uh, I'll give you the first crack of this one. You know, this, this play is interesting because the line is so short 
you know, and it's like, if you look at both teams, um, I mean, Indy's won nine of the last 10 games. You have Houston, who's won 11 of the last 13. Houston only lost, I mean, if I, my numbers are correct, Houston lost by three and two points in those two losses. I mean, you remember the most recent game when they were playing Philadelphia? And Philly came back. They should have won, right? I mean, that was an amazing performance by Deshaun Watson, to be honest. I'm like, he was dancing around. I watched the last half of that game, and I was so impressed by what he did on the road. And uh, I don't know. For me, it's like I feel like there's a lot of, as you say, recent – I use this term – in fact, I wrote about it, like recency bias with the Colts because they dominated the Titans. Titans were done. They were done after – uh, Mariota yeah. went out. I, you yeah, right. You try Blaine Gabbard out there. You're waving the white flag to certain parts of your team. You're waving the white flag. I mean, what is the defense going to say? Like, why is Mariota not out there? Like, what do we have to play for, essentially? It um, doesn't really generate any sort of confidence in that sense. But I don't know. I mean, okay, so this is the biggest thing about the Colts that surprised me this year. And I know a lot of you guys have – we talked about this personally, in fact. Like, this Colts defense, where the hell did they come from? Great question. I mean, this Colts defense, like, from what I remember, they had quick linebackers. They would always just, like, focus on stopping the uh, on the pass, essentially. It wasn't necessarily about stopping the run. I mean, it was all according to who their QB was. Like, Peyton Manning was a QB for all those years, so, like, they'd have a quick defense just to, like, you know, stop long passes or for whatever reason, like, points for play. Now, they're 10th in points allowed. That, like, I've never heard of that before with the Colts allowed. They're 13, 13th in yards per play, which is like I prefaced, like surprising. But even then, it's like you compare them to this Houston defense, which is great as well. I mean, you're ninth in yards per play, um, fourth fourth in points allowed. So it's like, I mean, the line, the line is right. But all that being said, I mean, the reason why I highlighted the defenses is because I feel like the total is just a little too high. We saw a jump from like 47 – I don't even know what it is right now, but I looked at this yeah. this morning I'll and it was like in. 46, 47. Then it went up to like 48 or I don't, I don't even know if it's at 50 yet or 49, but what is it right now? So it opened uh, at bet online was the first one to pop a total at 47. It got bet up pretty quick to 47 and a half penny opened at 47 and a half yeah. and it's gotten bet up to 49 where it's seen resistance finally. And it's sitting right now at 49. If you want the over, you got to bet plus 100. And those are some pretty key numbers. So it went through 47 and a yeah. half, 48, 48 and a half, uh, which tells you that there was some pretty influential early money that came in on this over. Yeah, on the over. And I don't know if I buy it because I feel like the better play is the under here. I mean, it's a playoff situation. I'm not so sure that both coaches are going to like open up the playbook for whatever reason to, you know, have a great game to watch. I think they're going to be relatively conservative. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have some great pressure on the outside from JJ Watt and Clowney and that, you know, we'll see more of a running approach running the clock. I mean, I think Indianapolis can uh, rely on their defense here. I mean, they've proven it all year. I mean, they shut out the Cowboys, you know, that was a crazy game and they, they're that, that defense was amazing. I know they're not, a, they're not like a great team on the road. Who is Indianapolis? If my numbers are correct, they're four and four. Texas is six and two at home. That's an understandable number. Four and four is actually not too bad on the road, but it's, it's a game that I don't really have a side on. I mean, if you were to like put a gun to my head, I hate that expression, but I would really lean the Texans here. I feel like, you know, Deshaun Watson can move around in the pocket. I feel like everybody attributes 
um, Andrew Luck to points and throwing the ball downfield. I don't see that happening. I feel like it's going to be a lowest scoring game. And that's why, I mean, if you, if you were to ask me how I bet this game, I would lean towards the under here. I feel like it's too many points in a playoff game. I mean, if they run up and down the field, so be it. I don't have any money on this game. Um, I'm not trying to cover my tracks here. I just, I just don't feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's too many points. Hey, uh, so Andy, uh, no, I, I will say too, yeah, to the, to the, to the, the pass rush, you referenced the pass rush. And I thought it, I had to pull this up because I thought it was close. One of these teams gives up the fewest sacks per game this year. And one of these teams gives up the most sacks per game out of anyone in the league this year. So I guess I, I would start looking at the other pass rush first off. I think in, in that that can you know that can be a bit of a problem too when you you get a mobile quarterback and you have you have some good defenses you know you get that we talked about this I don't know if we talked about this with Russell Wilson or whoever last week or the week before you get that over pursuit and then all of a sudden hey, oh, it was Lamar we're talking about Lamar Jackson right. you end up with some over pursuit mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's 15 yards down the field so you get that that gets to be an issue too when uh, when you do have a team that's just you know that much better at. Uh, with a, with a mobile quarterback, but yeah, Indy has been so good on that offensive line this year. They're, they're so averaging 1.1 sacks a game, which is nuts. If they protect luck, he's going to score. I don't know. Do you think the, I mean, I'm, I'm going to call it an indoor game. They have a retractable roof. I don't know if they'll have it open or whatever. I'm yeah, not sure how, how life in Texas is right now. I'm so hearing it's, it's going to be It's closed. an indoor game. Yeah. I'm hearing okay. Yeah. Be we'll call it an indoor game. Yeah. Luck, luck on the turf. The, I, I, you know, you brought up the running game. Max been great. The other guy's been great. And then uh, to the points you made on the defense, I think they drafted great. Like Darius Leonard, yeah. probably your defensive rookie of the year if they don't give it to Derwin James. Yeah, probably. It's one of those two. Um, okay, Andy. Are they, we, do, do they do that by conference or do they just do that? No, no, it's one overall, one overall in the NFL. Okay. And even if it yeah, did, wouldn't yeah. matter because they're both in the AFC. But here's the, here's the thing. Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis, uh, was there for the taking in the futures market for a lot of this season. And there are those of us on this podcast who took them at like a hundred to one, in the super bowl, 101 in the AFC even. Right. Uh, now oh, yeah. watching them kick the tar out of the Titans, especially in that first half up to the point where yeah. through the pick six, there was a strong feeling of euphoria. I was like, Yes. That ticket, they're going to the playoffs. Like it's alive. Like 101 when the AFC is alive. Like this is great. Their path takes them likely because they're the sixth seed. Their path will take them through uh, Kansas City, who I think they got a great matchup with Kansas City. Like they, like, like the, like the euphoria of that ticket being alive is real. But I have to take a deep, deep breath, a step back, and wonder if I am not, you know, being influenced by that, you know, just that hope. Uh, when handicapping this game, because my initial gut leans here where Indianapolis is the right side, they're going to go pull off the upset and this thing's going to fly over the total. Like though, that, that was my gut. And I was literally thinking like Andrew Luck is a great, he's great in the playoffs. Like, you know, this particular spot tends to see, you know, we tend to see a pretty, you know, high offensive, you know, performances in these, you know, these early Sunday game, the wild card players are just amped, amped the hell up. Um, on top mm-hmm. of that, you like, you know, you, these is the third team playing each other. They presumably know how to attack each other. Well. Um, and, uh, for the most part, it looks like you're going to have pretty full, healthy, you know, offensive units on the part of the Colts. Um, but 
I think a lot of what Dogma's saying is really kind of making sense to me. And I'm wondering if I'm not being shaded by my Colts future love uh, in terms of how this game plays out. Indy opened at plus 120 on the money line. That is damn short. It has been bet down to yeah. plus 105. I mean, this is basically wow. turned into more or less a pickup. Houston Pick opened at minus three, and that's been bet down to Houston minus one. Um, there was even at one point, I think it jumped straight from two and a half to one. Like there really wasn't like, you know, there a big number came in on India, two and a half even. So, you know, this is this is expected to effectively be a coin flip type of game. And I don't know yeah. if Andy's a 50-50 to win this. So, Andy, let uh, me ask you real quick. Um we're expecting to see Ryan Kelly. That's obviously hugely important for them to have their center on there for Andy. Oh We're expecting God. to see T.Y. Hilton. We're expecting to see Malik Hooker, yeah. who's playing great in the secondary. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we're expecting you know, Jonathan Joseph and Watt will probably play for the uh, for the Texans' defense. This is going to be relatively full strength against full strength. There's obviously not a great second receiver yeah. for Houston, but uh, you know, presumably Watson and and Hopkins can eat against this you know the as good as the colts defense has been they are susceptible to passes down the field you can attack these guys down the sidelines yeah. hopkins is the world's most ridiculous catch radius did you see he's he had been 115, amazing 115 catches this year and zero drops is that is that insane like ludicrous like so so you know yeah. there's there are specific matchups that would favor houston in this that i feel like i'm overlooking just a little bit because of my kind of hopefulness about Indy making it to the next round. Do you share any of that, Andy? I, I don't, I I will say like, I want to bet the Colts, but I won't because I don't, I don't need extra exposure at this point. Like you gotta, you gotta think about where (laughs) you're sitting there, I guess with, uh, with your futures. I, if I didn't have an outright, I think I would bet the Colts. And I mean, the fact that I have the outrights on them to win the AFC and the Super Bowls, just keeping me off them. I do lean Colts. I lean over. I wish if I did bet that over, obviously I wish I would have grabbed that early number. I'll probably stay off of that. And then I think, uh, let me look real quick how far back this goes, at least to the 2012 run. I'm not sure about when, uh, when we got rid of old forehead, that was yeah, 2010 was Manning, but it just the, the the playoff playoff experience by the quarterbacks. I think that uh, first that ever be playoff game for Watson. I don't. That's for sure. Yeah, true. you want to you want to and you know you could you could counterpoint that with the coaches as far as I would also you know, counterpoint Bill O'Brien. that with I would also counterpoint yeah. that with Deshaun Watson won a national title. Yeah, he won I guess that. It, he won that game. He. Won that game for Clemson. That, that's very yeah, true, but not nearly the same. I mean, it, it's it's such a huge step up to college. But never playing in an NFL playoff game before, the hoopla of hosting, you know, an NFL playoff game. And also the, the counterpoint I was trying to make there about, like, you know, Bill O'Brien has taken teams to the playoffs. Bill O'Brien has won a playoff game against, the, I think, the Raiders, if I looked right but uh i'm not gonna go out and say bill o'brien is is an is an advantage over frank uh, (laughs) what about frank reich has he had any playoff success frank and frank reich knows a little (laughs) thing or two about playoff heroics mind you if you you younger folks out there don't know anything yeah you you younger kids don't know anything about this go google that uh frank reich nfl (laughs) comeback Crazy yeah. <laughs> Oilers Warren Moon hashtag playoffs hashtag Bills. Google that shit. Yeah. That, that is nuts. I'm sure they re they reshow that thing on like NFL Network. NFL Network. Too. But yeah. Yeah, you know, some of the year. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at both teams, yeah, for- if I can interject for like a second, I mean, it's like you have Indianapolis, you have 11th, and they give up what? I'm looking right now, 5.8 yards. For, I put a lot of merit into these things, but they're 11th, Houston 17th, that's yards for play. And then you look up their actual like opponents' yards for play. Uh, this is very rudimentary, but I mean, they're so close. I mean, it's Indianapolis at 13th, Houston at 9th. So it's like you're, you're going to be banking on, and as the line suggests, it's going to be maybe a single play that makes a difference here. Like I, and is Andrew Luck, as you say, he doesn't get sacked too often. That's the best offensive line. I know that. And then um, Deshaun Watson gets sacked significantly. I don't know if that's a product of his own demise because he runs around a lot and may lead to a sack, but in a playoff atmosphere, like is that like running out of the pocket, like escaping pressure and things like that? Is that going to be the cause for the ultimate cover? You know, Um, I just think, I just think that, Plays are going to be less this game. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a product of the conservative play calling. Obviously, I don't I know see that. the ball. I could see that. So let I me ask don't... you, Dogwood, let me ask you. Winning team in this uh, game scores how many points? Ooh, that's a good question. I I mean, I see it like, I, I see it right below the total. I mean, maybe like a 24-20 type game, 24-21 I think there's going to be a few touchdowns. Like 24-23 gets you there. Yeah, 24-23. So I, I see an underplay in this game. I swear, that's where I'm at right now with this game. I, I don't have a, a pick on the side. I feel like it's it's difficult. I mean, given the line, you know, I don't see a situational so advantage. So, I mean, n- none of these playoff games present a situational advantage. I will say this. They present a good teasing advantage. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel like all yeah. these plays are so close. The lines are so close. If you tease these, if you cheat, tease these options, this is playoff NFL. These games are going to be, I think, within like as they suggest, a touchdown. So, yeah. What do you think, Andy? Teasing uh, Colts? Tease one oh, and a half. Well, oh, if, it's, if that's when at one I and a half on Sunday, those, on Saturday morning. Oh, probably. It, I'll probably have to play something when I, when I saw that pop, all the lines pop, you know, they popped once and not all at the same time, but when somebody finally posted all four lines and you see plus two and a half on three yeah. of them, just your, your teaser senses go up and like, Oh man. There's oh, a, and then you said, it. you said what I was thinking round Robin. Yeah. Round Robin teasing season <laughs> round Robin teasing season. Hey, uh, okay. So uh, quick, Andy, real quick. Uh, I want, I want to mention a couple of things. You mentioned that the roof is going to be closed. That's, that's uh, useful. Uh, I, the, um, the referee in this one, Bill Vinovich, relatively inexperienced playoff caller. Uh, he is not, he doesn't really have a strong tendency to either, you know, be swayed by the home crowd and make a bunch of, you know, might make a bunch of calls for the home team or, uh, or particularly tough officiating leading to an under. Um, so it's not, you can't really make much out of the refs there. Um, not really any key injuries. Okay. I was on the right side of Houston versus Indy part one. Uh, lucky on the right side there. I had Houston money line in that one. They were small dogs on the road as 0-3 team. It took a Frank Reich going for it in his own territory on fourth and four to give Houston even the opportunity to win that one in overtime instead of tie. Uh, and so I felt a very, very – but that one was a back-and-forth shootout. I mean, that, that one – there was no defense being played in that game, and I feel like both defenses have come a long way since then. Uh, the second matchup was later in the season. I was on the Colts in that one. That one was fun as hell. You were on the Colts too, Andy. Do you remember that one? That one that was, was quite one, fun. That They started – the Colts on the road, they started – they gave up some points and some yards, uh, and then they came screaming back and just absolutely squashed the uh, – 
the Texans down the stretch. I felt like Texans got back to within side of the teaser leg, uh, but uh, it was still that was another one to be fun on the Colts money line. Um, you know, it's, are you gonna are you gonna play a side in this one, or are you gonna stay away? No, I'm staying away. If I if I do play anything, it'll be a teaser I find this weekend, just because. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it, without spoiling it, because we've I've talked about this plenty. I have outrights on the Colts. I have outrights on the Chargers, on the Ravens, on the Bears. Like, just, there's a lot of stuff that's going to keep me from getting too involved. Like, I have plenty of leans, but yeah, I won't touch this game unless I tease something. Do you think the market uh, no, is going to move back down? It, I guess I'll open this. I'll give Dogma a chance too. Dogma, do you think this uh, the total comes down from forty nine? Like, if you like the under, grab it right now before you get back into the forty eight range and you're on some key numbers. I would say so at this point. I don't see it going any higher. I mean, if it does get to fifty, I'll be surprised. But this seems yeah. like the proper time to buy. I think the yeah. line movement is just that I, you know, I try not to put too much into line movement. Obviously, you want to get the better number. I mean. It, this is a different sport entirely, but if anybody had got into uh, Washington yesterday at six and a half, you loved it. And then if you got into Ohio state at four, you also loved it. I mean, both those lines, you know, guaranteed winners on both sides. But in this instance with NFL, I know it's probably not a fair argument to make. I like okay. the under in that position. I think the under will go fairly Fairly, I'm fairly under. It's not a really oh, well okay. said argument, but I feel you like did, it's going to be a little. But you, you think you think we're landing in the forty to forty four range based on the scores you were projecting there? So I, okay. I think so. I think okay. so. Given these defenses, I can, I wouldn't say I can any see other it. I can see it, yeah. and I can see it based on the fact that Houston tends to move the ball well between the twenties, yeah. and they tend to struggle yeah. inside the red zone. We saw, I Absolutely. saw kind of a different approach. I don't know if you noticed this, Andy. Did you watch any Houston Jacksonville last week? Or did you skip that one? I tried not to. It was weird. Okay, so let me tell you what happened in that one. That was a little surprising. So Houston got the ball down inside the red zone a couple times, and it was almost like, look, it is so important for us to get these touchdowns that we are going to put uh, Deshaun uh, Watson's health at risk. Like, they ran the ball, uh, you know, designed runs for Watson inside the five, like three plays in a row on their first drive. Like, this is so – like, they knew – they're aware of their red zone futility to a degree, and they were absolutely putting him on the line against the Jags defense, which is fierce. You know, they were putting, yeah. a, you know, putting him at risk. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it was an interesting kind of wrinkle, I felt like, where, you know, Houston gets desperate. They need to score some points. They need to secure a home playoff game. This is what they decided to do. Um, I think that plays pretty well, and you know, against uh, Indy. So even you know, to me at least, that that would be my argument to be wary of an underplay, just because I think you're going to see a little bit better red zone efficiency from Houston than we have seen this year. Makes sense. Um, yeah, and and a point to that too, which, with all due respect to Detroit Lions fans, and I'm sorry, but Eric Ebron is is kind of a beast. He is flipping amazing. Like that, that's gonna, he, like, he he is he's I mean it's it's like when you play the Patriots and you see Gronk get targeted inside the 30, you're like, fuck, that's a touchdown. God damn it. <laughs> and the, the Texans the Texans have and they're I don't uh let's see. The Texans have given up the third most receptions to tight ends. Ooh. They're also in top five in tight end touchdowns and a few other metrics targets. I don't know if that really matters. I think there's six there, but yeah, they've given up 90 receptions to, uh, to tight ends for over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year. So 
I'm looking like if, and that's another point. If you're doing a, like a fun DFS thing, that might be a look. Yeah. Not that I have to tell you, Eric Ebron's good, but I think he's going <laughs> to eat. <laughs> Eric Ebron eats. Exactly. Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. Let's, uh, I, I don't really have any more points here, but I do see Dogma's point on the under related to running rushing attack being featured by both teams early. Maybe that lends itself to a mm. first half under as opposed to a full game under because, you know, like like we saw in their very first matchup, these teams can score on each other when their backs are against the wall, when they when the points are, you know, when touchdown is needed, when field, you know, getting into field goal range is needed to yeah, get those look, points. Yeah. So maybe a first half yeah, under they, is worth a tickle. Um as opposed to the full game under. See that this definitely is, this is all still uh this is all still relatively young in the week and we may change our positions on all this. So this is yeah, and, you bring, and you bring up a good point. Only. Yeah, you bring up a good point. It's early in the week. Like, if there's one week, I give, like, at least a little bit more leniency, like, in accordance with making a play. It's during the playoffs, you know, because, like, there's, there's a certain degree of unknowns. And you see all this, like, initial line movement, which, I mean, it's a common case in the regular season. But in the playoffs, it matters so much more, given, I mean, as the NFL, these are professional players. There's just so much more to interpret, I think, in a given week, as opposed to, you know, motivational prowess in a given week in a regular season, you know? So yep. hundred yep. percent agree. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Saturday night cap. Seattle Seahawks make the playoffs and probably, uh, this right. was probably my biggest whiff of the preseason. Andy, I don't know if you were on the same page as me, but I did not think that oh, the Seattle Seahawks had a playoff run in them whatsoever. I was fairly convinced that the Brian Schottenheimer regime was going to be an utter and total and utter disaster. Yet he plugged away with his rushing approach to develop one of the more dynamic rushing teams in the NFL, amazingly. Uh, and a lot of that, of course, is because you have a quarterback who is no joke, one of the clear top 10 in the NFL and Russell Wilson toting the rock as well. But uh, here they are, Seattle going back to going down to Jerry world uh, to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, Andy, I don't know if I know anyone else besides you who was stumping hard for Dallas is going to win the NFC East this year in the preseason. I feel like everyone pretty much figured it was Phillies to lose. Tell me about your experience betting Dallas in the NFC East future market. And do you think that they continue their success against Seattle on Saturday night? (sighs) I didn't... You know, I didn't really feel great about the ticket after what the first couple weeks. Would they start one and two or zero oh and three? Their offense, oh yeah, who sure. was no, oh, they were, Yeah, one, they were one yeah, and two. It, it was such a bad no identity. Their offense looked had no lost. Identity. No, we wrote that ticket out. Yeah, really, but no, the, the the main reasoning there, I love. It's like we talk about in the preseason pods, and then we probably mentioned it quite a bit about, and we broke it down today. You did uh, how many teams? from year to year from the previous year, don't make the playoffs again, which granted the Eagles did sneak in there at the end, but there's such a high turnover. And especially if you're going to have that high of a turnover, some of it's going to come in the division champ or the division champs. I thought that Cowboys number was just too big for being probably, I wasn't real keen on Washington or anything the giants were doing. So I thought it was, it was almost four to one. I think, it just it was more of a numbers grab as far as if the Eagles regress, I think the Cowboys have a good sport and chance at winning the division. And God bless their hearts. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? That was really nice. That was uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not I don't know if I'm super sold on them making a run. They do have a really yeah. good rush defense. I think uh, if you before you know getting too deep into this week, 
that's kind of a perfect matchup for them. They're they've given up like 1200 yards all year rushing. If you got uh, your boys up in Seattle wanting to run, 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 it could be it could be a, a long day even for uh, even for the Cowboys offense. Yeah, the Cowboys offense has been frustrating. Not just those first few frustrating. weeks. If you do bet 100%. the Cowboys, you got to get so mad sometimes about Dak because they have so many weapons. And when you're watching the Cowboys and you see Dak just continually miss throws or overthrow a guy that's wide open because they have some good receivers that can get some separation and. I mean, games can turn on that. If you miss two or three wide open receivers for touchdowns, they turn into punts. That's, I mean, that's your exactly. game right there. It's not like games are decided by 40 points every week. So okay. it's, okay. I, I, both of these teams have been frustrating for me all year. Like this is, this is probably the hardest one for me by far out of the four. Okay. Well, the market yeah. agrees, Andy, whether you, the market is 100% agreement with you because it has been schizophrenic. Uh, they opened this thing. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go with money lines right now. They opened this thing at Seattle plus 132. Uh, Seattle was wow. plus two and a half on the uh, spread at that point. It got bet all the way down to Seattle plus 102 before Dallas money showed up, pushed it back up to plus 120. Now it's back down to minus, to plus 114. So we've seen now a change in direction three times on this money line, uh, indicating that there are, you know, the market itself has not convinced that you know either one of these you know that either one of these sides are priced correctly which is interesting um again in the in the handy you know in the spread it went from two and a half directly to one uh and now it sits at seattle plus one plus 105 at penny um what do you you have a a feel for either one of these teams dogma and you think uh there's an obvious side in this one you know it's funny like what you referenced uh want to highlight i about Chubb Number. I mean, the um, that guy for Seattle, I don't know if any of you guys know him. His name is Chris Carson, the running back. He's had six games of 100-plus running yards consecutively, which is, I mean, according to my numbers at Swiss here, that's it's kind of crazy. I mean, generally what we posit with Seattle is that Russell Wilson will run around and, like, complete some amazing play. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously at home, their defense plays really well. They suffocate teams. But they've had quite a good running game this year. And Dallas, I mean, I think if my numbers serve me correctly, they're in the last part of the league in yards for play. They they kind of struggle to move the ball at times. And and Andy was prefacing this like um, Dak gets happy feet and he can't complete passes accordingly. And um, I don't think Seattle gets enough credit. I think, and uh, I mean. The line suggests that they're getting, a, obviously, a little bit of credit. And as you said, they're schizophrenic in the sense of where the money line lays. But Seattle's only had, like, four turnovers in the last six weeks. Oh, wow. They're holding onto the ball. They're holding onto the ball. They're doing well to move the ball. They're keeping time of possession in their favor. Um, I was really impressed when they played Kansas City. Um, I thought they played extremely well. They kept... Uh, what's his face off the field? I'm just kidding. That's a shout out to our friend Caleb because I always get on Kansas Kansas City's case, and I'll I'll tell Caleb this. I'm a huge I I'm a huge Chargers fan as you as the audience. I don't know if they know or not, but uh, I, I respect um, what Kansas City does. So for them to limit that in extent, um, I was impressive. Now obviously they're on the road, but I mean Seattle won six of the last seven games, so uh, it's, it's not a team that's garbage you know i know cowboys are also on a seven and one streak so you know, how much merit do you put into that the thing yeah. is that i if you were to give me a choice 
Which QB do you put more value in? Obviously, it's Russell Wilson. Um, which defense do you put more merit into? I think both are on a similar level to a certain degree. And I don't think the Cowboys really have that much of a home field advantage. Teams go in there and they want to play. I mean, it's an arena for all NFL teams. You know, it's not... Uh, the, I don't know how much the Cowboys advantage is according to home field advantage in that sense. It's not like playing in Seattle or playing in Kansas City or in that sense. It's like teams want to play there. Um, I can tell you it was poorly... It was a poorly designed stadium acoustically. Uh, there yeah. is, they have a very, very difficult time of getting the crowd noise to a place where it disrupts the snap count for the opposing offense. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, that's it's not good. You want that, for sure, especially when you have a pass rush yeah. that's as dominant as Dallas's. You know what I circled in this game? And they, they, like, to be what? fair, they were they were 7-1 and one at home. That's true. Yeah. They, they did a good off, job there, of defending. And, and most of that was because their offense looked more competent at home. That's true. true. They do. That's yeah. That's exactly where I was going with that. It seems like it seems like Dak and his receivers click better at home, which is just. I don't know if that's stupid to say. Maybe it's because it is quieter there because they designed it so so (laughs) shittily. But yeah, they 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 yeah they were three and three and five on the road. It's uh, yeah. I wish I had more breakdowns as far as like points scored at home, but I think we're I think Seattle. I think Seattle's five hundred on the road. I don't know. I. I think they're similar. I think they're actually similar to. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have all my advanced metrics here. Um, no worries, don't worry about it. They're. I think they're like four and four on the road as well. Seattle. I might be mistaken. Somebody could correct me, but the total is so low. They like are exactly four and four. All right, four and four. Thank you. But the total is so low. It's like I think it was like 42, 42 and a half, 43. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I, I didn't expect that. I, this is a game I actually leaned to the war over in. And I'm not really choosing many sides unless he picks, but I don't know. That total seems kind of low to me. Interesting. We disagree on that. We'll get to the total in a second. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for an under here, and it's a lot of the same reasons you were looking for an under in the Colts game. I think that you're going to see the game shortened <laughs> by approach, basically. Um, but let me, let me kind of lay out a couple of the key things here. So we talked for about sure. this. Da- Dallas's offense was pretty horrific through the first quarter of the season. Uh, they didn't have an identity. Yeah. It didn't look like their offense coordinator knew what to do. Dak was not at all developing chemistry with his receiving core. Uh, and um, then they make a trade for Amari Cooper. We all laugh that they gave away a first-round pick. Amari Cooper then proceeds to put on uh, you know, an absolute dominant run to get a contract for next season. So that was cool. Um, but they really kind of gelled in some of their primetime games on national television, it felt like. Uh, they really, you know, the game where they um, they came from behind to beat the Eagles in Philly was pretty impressive. That was a 27-20 victory for them on Sunday Night Football. And then they rolled that into yeah, just a real nice run, uh, beating the Falcons on the road, beating the Tara, the Redskins at home on Thanksgiving, and then uh, kind of capped it all off with the uh, upset of the Saints that no one really saw coming. Um, and, you know, you have to give them credit for kind of coming together as a team and gelling. Uh, and I think to a degree, they've listened to the criticism for what they were doing wrong. They've listened to some smart guys who were telling them tendencies of calling games. Uh, and they've made improvements in those, you know, in those, all of those areas. Um, because, you know, they went from consistently running it on fourth, first down and running Zeke into a stacked box and not make any progress to, okay, now we're going to throw it more on first down and we're going to run it more on second and six and second and five and we're going to use more dump offs to Zeke and get him in space like they've made some really nice decisions in the way that they're kind of conducting their offensive approach and I think that's going to you know I think that's going to win the day here I really do I think yeah. the uh, I think they're going to be able to 
put pressure on Seattle by sustaining some nice long drives, eight minute drives. They're going to score touchdowns instead of field goals in the red zone. Uh, and I think you're going to see Seattle playing from behind in a, in a position that they don't like to be in, uh, where they're going to be trying to, um, you know, they're going to have to abandon the run game at some point, uh, which we know Schottenheimer absolutely is, you know, resistant to. They, they might be down uh, 20, you know, 21 7 in the fourth quarter, and they'll still be trying to establish the run in Seattle. So it's, yeah. uh, it, to me, this, this sets up well for Dallas's. Defense as well, as far as a matchup go. You have a little bit of a limited Doug Baldwin, who's the top receiving threat for Seattle. Uh, he's going up against the strength of the Dallas secondary and Byron Jones. That's a matchup I'm all about. Um, oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Dallas is going to get back two of their most important pieces on offense and guard Zach Martin and tackle Teron Smith. Uh, you have potentially, and I'm, I have this circled and highlighted and a bunch of stars around this because if you haven't figured out already, I like Dallas in this one. And I'm taking them on the money line at minus 116. I think that's I definitely ludicrous. That. Price. I agree with them. But I have circled and I have boxed and starred Irving and, and uh, Crawford. These guys are questionable. They're a huge element of this game as far as the pass rush yeah. and putting pressure on Russell Wilson and containing him. Russell Wilson is not moving as fast uh, as he has in years past. He's He can he be caught. hobbled. He does, yeah. right? I'm not imagining that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so no, there's, there is, there is some of that. And I feel like if you can get, you know, if you can get pressure on him on, if they're in third and longs and you can get Irving uh, and company coming in hot, then you can absolutely force them into situations where they're punting instead of sustaining long drives and keeping the ball away from your team. Uh, and so I, you know, I guess at the end of the day, I just feel like the, the full strength offensive line for Dallas, Zeke Elliott at full strength, uh, and a pass rush that can get after Russell Wilson and bring him down on third and, you know, on a pound on obvious passing downs. Uh, I feel like all of this adds up to, uh, Dallas kind of dictating this game. Uh, and I like them on the money line at minus one sixteen. Andy, did I convince you on Dallas play on this yeah. one or are you still wishy-washy? Wishy-washy no play, but that's definitely my lean just because of Seattle's absolute insistent on being a running team and Dallas's, I mean, between Dallas's home field advantage and their, you know, their prowess at stopping the run. They've been great against it this year. Um, I like their defense more than their offense. I guess flip it around. What, what What if it was in Seattle? Would you be... Would you be laying Seattle minus six at home against this team? No, no. Like essentially, no, I don't, I would. no, I don't think I would. Although I, you know, although yeah, the way so, that they so, played against know, the Chiefs, if you can, if you could replicate, you know, if you have a playoff atmosphere in Seattle and you could replicate the performance they had against the Chiefs, then they're covering six against Dallas. And that's the thing; it should probably be seven. Yeah, right. That's right. probably a four-point advantage up there in the playoffs. So, yeah, yep. I, I was trying to flip it around like that, and yeah, Dallas six or seven points on the road. So Dallas pick them at home. Yeah, I'd lean that way. But I just get so scared of Seattle. They've done me up so many times. Russell yeah, Wilson does magic things. And and uh it's not like the Cowboys didn't didn't make it to the playoffs two years ago. But again, you go to the the experience of uh, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. I don't know if they have that many other veterans on that team, but there's so much playoff experience just between those two. So that that's a little that. scary too when you're up against a a brain dead coach. I think you know yeah. what I think this I think this game is gonna feel an awful lot like um Saints Saints Cowboys. 
And that's the other reason that I kind of lean the under. I think the, the, yeah. the Dallas defense is going to really be able to put some pressure on these guys and, and really just take them out of what they want to do, take them out of their rhythm. Uh, and, um, you know, they come away with the yeah. win, but it's an ugly low-scoring game. I'm leaning un, under 42 right now at plus 105. But uh, it's uh, it's kind of a weak – it's a weak lean. It wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is yeah, a VIP. This is like, yeah, this yeah, isn't a VIP. Total, total feels right. This is, a game, <laughs> <laughs> this is a game. This is a game. It's a toss-up for me as well. I mean, the one thing is, like, given the line. I mean, look at all these lines. They got oh, plus geez, one and a half, minus one and a half. This was like, full on. It's all pick em. Oh, yeah, that's right. And this this total, this, game. Got, th- this total got manipulated like hell. Did you see what happened? Yeah, it Opened did. at 41 and a half, got bet up to 44, and now it's down to 42. Like, that's that is yeah. some wild market manipulation. This, yeah. They think that this thing is coming in right around 23, 21, uh, 24, yeah. 20. And it's, you know, they're, they're, somebody's, somebody's trying to hit a, hit a middle on this one on the total. And I can't say I disagree, but I think it's coming in under. Yeah. Uh, one I other definitely see an argument mention, on the under. Yeah. Uh, one other thing to mention, referee Walt Anderson, Texas guy. He, this guy, he is notoriously influenced by the home crowd. Uh, he was, mm. uh, he, I believe he was the referee out there for saints Cowboys in one of the more poorly officiated primetime games of the season. Uh, and, um, I would not be surprised at all if there are some suspect calls in favor of the Cowboys from <laughs> Walt Anderson's crew. Walt Anderson. Yeah. Guys ready to just, move like to a the... toss, just a little toss out. Like, sure. like if you were to look at, I mean, I know it's the game is essentially a pick him at minus one and a half, but if you were to just like look at turnover differential, you wouldn't. I mean, if you were to guess who's the number one team in the NFL on turn, turnover differential, I mean, who would you guess? You're just throwing it out there because I didn't know this. I know the Browns are damn high this year, but that can't be them. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. In in essence, in essence of the, the difference Bears? between takeaways Is and getaways, the Bears. It's actually it's actually so it's the Seahawks first in the NFL. They have a turnover differential of 15. Wow. And then it's Houston. The Dallas ranks 12. Hmm. So that's NFL team takeaways. They have 14 fumbles garnered, 12 interceptions garnered, hmm. and they haven't given away too much. So, in in essence of like what you consider a pick'em game, is that turn is that one turnover going to make the difference? Generally, it is yeah. in yeah. that type of game. But like I said, it's a weak link. For, it's a weak lean for me. I, I I can't really put too much stock into that because, as you say, you know, Dallas has been good at home. As well, I mean, they're coming. I mean, this is a this is a spread is like whoever wins. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing well, that out let's there. let's move down to the game of the week, Sunday morning, crack of dawn for us, West <laughs> Coasters, Dogma, crack of dawn for us, ten a.m. <laughs> uh, the L.A. Chargers, uh, formerly of San Diego, uh, fly to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, formerly of Cleveland. Um, Baltimore has recently defeated the uh, San Diego Chargers in a very, very well-watched primetime game uh, a couple days before Christmas. I don't know if you remember that one, but uh, it was a good game. Uh, I think people on this podcast felt pretty strongly about the under. That was me. And uh, other people felt pretty strongly that the Ravens were going to cover and maybe even win. And that was Dogma. Uh, Do you have a feel for the rematch this time switching locations to Baltimore, Mr. or actually soon to be Dr. Dogma? <laughs> yeah, all in due time. Um, you know, this is a play I highlighted almost immediately after the Browns game. I uh, I did not think the Chargers got up for the Ravens. I mean, it was a Saturday game. Who were the Chargers? Who did the Chargers just defeat? Like in a last second, 
like ridiculous. K- yeah, KC they scored the touchdown and then got the two point conversion on Thursday Night Football, and it was just it was just a ridiculous win for the Chargers. I felt like they would be not too focused, and that was completely evident in the way they got up for the Ravens. The Ravens bullied them. I mean, I know the score doesn't really show it. It was twenty two to ten. They did bully them on defense. They had a few long touchdowns, but even then, the Ravens were kind of like just kind of hanging around, hanging around, you know? I mean, I think if you get a fully focused Chargers unit, especially one for the for the playoffs and a veteran QB, as a QB that's been in the playoffs before, they've gone on the road and won. Um, this isn't really saying much. It's not really to plant the flag. Out. They won and beat the Bengals when the Bengals were actually a playoff team in Cincinnati. Um, that, I'm not really sure that means anything. But even oh, then... They, um, they, they, should have, they, they should have beat the Patriots that year, man. In that AFC yeah, title game, the, the the undefeated Patriots, they had them that day, and they let them. That was them. yeah, yeah. And then Rivers was on a torn ACL at that time. I I love the Chargers here, and I I really I really try not to bet the Chargers. In fact, I think most of the plays <laughs> I have are fading the Chargers. It's just because like I have a certain degree of emotional bias with the Chargers, and I really never like to bet on teams that I have a certain degree of emotional bias to. I like to look at things just from a, st- a statistical standpoint. So it's like. At this point, uh, it was just a, a game I've circled. It seems like the public heavily agrees with this. A lot of the money is coming in on the Chargers. The Ravens base their offense on a scheme. It's, I mean, let's be honest. It's kind of a gimmicky offense. It's an RPO offense. And, uh, I mean, can the Chargers really account for that? What really matters on those RPO offenses, like at least game planning from a defense, defensive standpoint, is like, are your guys holding their position? Are they queued in to where to be? Because, I mean, if you're lazy, you're going to get destroyed by the RPO, RPO offense. I mean, if you really put in the right type of game planning, and I wrote this when I when I was on the Browns. The, the Browns kind of got gashed in the ground. You know, we were lucky because Baker Mayfield is amazing. He, he balled. Yeah, he balled. He balled. But I, I really feel like the Chargers can come to play. The outside rushers might be nullified to a certain degree in Bosa and Ingram. But you have two teams that know each other now. And on the safety end, you know, at least from Baltimore Ravens standpoint, you have Eric Weddle. He knows Philip Rivers really well, Ooh, and he yeah. knows his characteristics very well. He practiced against them for years. Eric Weddle does not like the Chargers, by the way, because of all <laughs> the problems he had. Not a fan, is he? Ago, they didn't want to, a little bad. Not blood. a fan. Yeah. Little, little, little bad. Yeah. Blood. It was a bad breakup. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bad breakup. So, I mean, okay. So, if Lamar Jackson runs and the Ravens run – all over the Chargers. Obviously, the game is going to be over. Chargers, I don't think we'll really have a chance. The game, I, I don't see it that way, however. I feel like the RPO will be addressed. I feel like you have a healthy, well, not necessarily a healthy Gordon, but he's still playing. And he was out in the first matchup. There were a lot of injuries, actually, in that first matchup for the Chargers. So, I I, I like the Chargers here. And, I mean, this is really the first side I'm selecting. Like I said, I think the play is, I think the play is a winner. Um, I... I've, yeah, also have Lamar Jackson. It's his first playoff game. I mean, it's okay to be on the road, you know, in the essence, like, people will be hating against you. But being at home, the expectation is to win. And he's a favorite as a rookie QB. I mean, that's saying a lot. That's a lot of pressure for a rookie QB. So it's difficult for me, but I, I really lean the Chargers here. The one caveat with my Chargers is, like, anytime they travel to the East Coast and it's an early game, I don't know what it is. <laughs> they're terrible for the most part, but it is a playoff game. So 
They do, uh, do tend. They have tended to start a little funky this season with Philip Rivers too. Like he's thrown how many first drive interceptions has Philip Rivers had this season? It's been a bunch. I don't know what it is. It's but been he, a bunch, yeah. yeah. But you know, I but I'm I'm with you on this one. I'm looking for a Chargers ticket. Yeah. Here. I'm looking for a money line on the Chargers here, and I'm really not. Yeah. This is this is one I'm pretty confident in as well, and I don't know that I understand the line movement at all. I don't know why Baltimore money showed up all of a sudden when this thing opened, and it was Baltimore. I think I felt like this should have opened at a pick. They opened it at Baltimore minus three. Those numbers evaporated quickly, but lo and behold, it is coming back. You see Baltimore right now at uh, minus two and a half is minus one twenty two. That's effectively a three. Um, so yeah. I'm surprised that all of this Baltimore money has shown. Uh, the money line went from plus 131 down to plus 110. I looked at it and I was like, well, shit, we missed out on the best of the money line. It's back up to plus yeah. 133. So they're really, you know, the, the, the time to make a move is still available. Do you, if you, do like you feel Chargers. like you see this more in the playoffs, though? Yes, where absolutely. where you don't always miss the move. Where it, it feels like in the NFL in the regular season, you will like, oh shit, we missed that one. There's several games where we both said that, like we we didn't see it. We see it now, but it's three points too late. That's not a play for me anymore. But in the playoffs, you'll see stuff bounce back and forth and back and forth. Or gosh, even remember the the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. There was every day there'd be announcements about like huge bets on both sides, but that just sat. Was it two and a half? I think that uh, was uh, no, two and a half. No, it was like three. Three. it was just over three. I think three and a half, right? Was yeah. It, Three, yeah. uh, it was it was right around three, and it it seemed like it would it just never moved. Yeah, last yeah. year it <laughs> so moved in the direction. The, the of playoffs, and yeah, the line movement. The, yeah. I think take take the line movement in the playoffs with a grain of salt. As far as exactly. you know, if you see the heavy early move on something, and then a lot of money coming in, you maybe you miss the sharp side, maybe you miss the right back. But again, and I've said this time and time again, don't let. Don't let money coming in or public perception or any of those numbers that gets put out there on social media as far as, you know, 65, 70% of betters are on this side. Don't let stuff like that affect your process. If you yeah. if you evaluate yeah. something the way you always evaluate something and you trust your evaluation and you've checked all the angles and you like a side, don't let something like that affect it. You still, you still need to have faith in your process. I have a suspicion. And yeah, right. back to the original point. Like, I, there are some weird moves in the NFL in the playoffs. No, I, I want to. Like, sometimes you just you just have to wait on this real quick before you get too far off. The uh, the sharp side in the playoffs may not exist. It is entirely possible oh. that the majority Ooh. of very sharp, very sharp. I mean, what, what are the possibilities that very sharp players they place their last bet? on you know week 16 december 25th and they call it a season a couple weeks ago yeah yeah i mean like that like i would not at all surprise me if there is relatively small influential money that's even really being bantied about unless there's a really poor line hung uh and i don't know that we see that very often um and you know and most of the jockey you know line movement jockeying might just be balancing the books because you have much, much much larger volume Right, like much larger. Yeah. There's people that don't play NFL regularly that are all getting involved now because they're going to be watching these games and they want action. There's people that only play a couple games a week, but they're going to play every one of these games. Like, like this is Absolutely. entirely plausible, right? And the selection is fewer now. I mean, how many games do we have to choose from? You know, sure. it, four games. Yeah, right. They exactly. were down to four from from 16 last week. Yep, for so, sure. Yeah. So, uh, and they're all standalone. 
Every single game is exactly. Same. None of them are competing with other games. So, well so said. yeah, yeah. Okay, so Chargers. Let's break down the actual matchup a little bit here. And actually, in addition to liking the Chargers, I like the over in this one. I think the over in this me one too. is too low. I, I love think the forty two and a half. And it's come down. You're gonna give, and it's come down. You're gonna give me forty two and a half. I'll, I'll take that. You know, I'm, okay, so it opened at forty two. It was bet down to forty one and a half. It's sitting there with relatively little action going on. Um, I will. I, I'm going to sell this up to 42 and a half at plus 105 pretty shortly here, uh, and it's one of yeah. my more favorite looks of the week because I just you know I just don't think I think that the you know the this this sets up as you know holding it. Let's talk. Let's talk through holding a Chargers ticket here. Is there a world in which we see a replay of Week 16 where the Ravens get a lead and they can play keep away? I don't think there is. I think the Chargers are either. much more dynamic than the team we saw. Uh, in week 16 and you're going to have nice yeah. matchups in the passing attack. Keenan Allen is going to be back and healthy. You're going to have potentially going to see a, hunt, a Henry Hunter Henry sighting. Hunter Henry. That's sighting. a great Melvin point. Gordon is back. Eckler's yeah. probably going to be out there. You have a dynamic set of weapons that are out there for the chargers. I think they're going to be able to put some points and some pressure on Baltimore in this one. I think Baltimore's Me not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to get away with this oh, just, kind of run the ball, play keep away nonsense. Look at, like look they're going to have to score to stay in this game. Yeah. Yeah, last week. Exactly. Yeah, look at great, look at last week's call. matchup with the Browns. Great, great call. Great now call. put now put yeah. a better, more experienced quarterback with a and you know no disrespect. Like Baker Mayfield had a great year, but it's Philip Rivers. The experience yeah. he's had, playoff experience. He's a better quarterback. And then I will some disrespect to the Browns receiving core. Like they they have some good players, but the I mean the what you have the weapons even the if it's Hunter Henry even yeah even if it's yeah. Pitch count Hunter Henry combined with those wide receivers, the duo of running backs, like it's it's yeah. night and day. It's gonna be a problem for them to keep the points off the board. I mean, without I haven't really said yet, but I, yeah. I do lean chargers. I think the chargers can go to the Super Bowl, honestly. I still believe that that team is the same way. I should together say for that the next 180 minutes. Yeah. What's that? Me Let me too. I, I never say that, but I feel the same way. And it's it's kind of weird, you know, like Chargers were relatively good at home, but believe it or not, they were six and one on the road. <laughs> the yeah, last seven right. games, they were six and one on the road. That's crazy. I mean, it almost seems like the Chargers are too easy in this in this sense, which I hate saying. Yes. But, no, I know but, exactly what you're saying. I know exactly. You know what, what I mean? Yes. It's yes, like yes, yes. Yeah, you're getting free points. You're getting. This should be a pick'em game. You're getting free points. They have matchup advantages yeah. all over the fucking field. Like, why is this? Why? Like, why are you giving me this opportunity, gods? Exactly. No, I completely, completely agree with all this. Um, okay, question. We, we said. You, that. Uh, I mean, we said that on a couple pods already. With the with their, they have such a terrible home field advantage that every game is an away game, and maybe maybe they just like away games because they don't have to go look at how many away. Wait, you know, it's like, well, this is our home crowd and it's, you know, and it's half Chiefs fans anyways. This sucks. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah. They do have the best away record in the league. Yeah, Them and yeah, the, yeah. I think it's the Saints. The Saints and the Chargers are seven and one away. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, hey, uh, so, Dogma, if you're a Chargers uh, future holder. Uh, what path do you want them to get to the Super Bowl? Like, what is the preferred path here? Do you want to go to KC for round three, or do you want to go to Foxborough? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. The Chargers fan in me wants to go to Foxborough after all the years of losing to Tom Brady. Particularly, I think, if I can strike a chord with any Chargers <laughs> fan that's listening right now, 2006 
and we had Ladanian Thomas. See, we, we Chargers fans, we reminisce on this, and it's like a tear comes to eye, comes to the eye. It's just we lost to the Patriots in our best year ever with, with Ladanian yeah, Thomas. Yeah, the, the record wasn't that good that year, was it? What was the regular season record? <laughs> it was like 15 I don't know, something like 14 too. wins. So good. Like we had so MVP, good. you know, and then we had Tom team. Brady with we had some schmuck. They had some schmuck named Caldwell, like that caught the last. Caldwell. Oh, that don't remind me. Jabbar Gaffney. That was such a bad. Oh my gosh, dude. Oh my gosh. A certain a certain aquatic mammal handicapper was in uh, at Qualcomm that day watching that game, and I will agree with you. That was Patriots had no business winning. They had no no business business winning that game. None. None. So I mean, with that said, I I I would love to go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots in Foxborough. That'd be amazing. I feel like. I feel like the Chargers are going to be road warriors this playoffs. I mean, if they lose to the Ravens, they're heavy favorites. They're expected to win. If they lose, it's like, well, this is this is what it's like being a Chargers fan because that's what we're used to. <laughs> with that yeah. said, with that said, this is a team that I feel like is different. They've shown the propensity to answer. What I mean is they have a lot of comeback wins. Like Philip Rivers isn't the team's not giving up. So I, I hope that we go into Baltimore and win. We get an opportunity to face Tom Brady because I feel like the Patriots are down this year. Just an extent, for whatever reason, their wide receivers aren't getting open. They have they have a little bit of a better running game in the last last few weeks, but I do not want to go to the Chiefs and face them again. I just that that win that we had was great, um, but Mahomes, what he does behind center is crazy. It's like he looks like he's going to get sacked and then he throws for a touchdown. So, I think all things considered, what would I like? I would love to see the Patriots. Just for the sake of like the historical purpose, we go into Kansas City. So be it. I just would like to. I would like to face the Patriots yep. in this instance. Uh, Andy, easiest play of uh, divisional weekend going to be uh, Chargers plus six in Foxborough. Yeah, and I, you know if it, if things go according to how we've capped it, I suppose that's the only play. Because if the Colts win, the Chargers that's their only option. They can go to Foxborough if they win. Yeah. Right, that they'd go six to yeah. one, and then they'd yeah. have to go up there. So, yeah. yeah, that's I. If you can give me, you give me anywhere near a touchdown, I'll probably take the Chargers again. Yeah. And yeah. if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick beat me, so be it. But the this exactly. Chargers so team, exactly. kind of a quiet twelve and four. Like mm-hmm. they have, they have the best record in the AFC. They're tied with Kansas City. Like it just, okay. it came down to some tiebreakers. So, so okay. they're, they're so, a so, very good team. They, they've had some shitty weeks. Yes, I agree with you. They're a very good team. Uh, since we're on a little bit of a sidebar about the rest of the playoffs shaping up, I just want to bring up something for transparency so that you understand that this is somewhat part of my handicap. I have AFC tickets on the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Colts. Um, so what do I want to see in the AFC is just full-on chaos. Like I, I desperately yeah. would love to see the Ravens host the, Col- Ravens host the Colts or the Chargers host the Colts in the uh, AFC title game. That would be sweet. Um, Andy, you talked me into chargers. So thank you. Uh, that was when they were one and two after losing to the Rams and the chiefs. Uh, we did a little periscope, I think. And you were like, why not the chargers? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, why not the chargers? They're about to go on a run and beat a bunch of terrible. Why teams. not? Why not? Uh, I think I got them <laughs> at about 25 to one for the super bowlish. Uh, and then I have a Baltimore ticket from may. That was like 50 to one when we were like hyped up that they drafted Lamar Jackson. And we thought he was going to get the full season of starting instead of uh, Flacco. Uh, and then I have a Colts ticket from mid season. That's about a hundred to one. So that, that's kind of how I'm spread out. 
And I'm going to have to do yeah. some hedging to get some value out of these tickets probably. So I just want to talk through hedging strategies real quick and give you guys an opportunity to add any thoughts on this. Uh, my number okay. one favorite way to hedge a ticket that's this that's like a, like a full-on lotto ticket, right? Like last year, without a doubt, I, my biggest position in the playoffs, I had a Patriots to win the AFC from the preseason that I was like so sure that they were going to get home field advantage. And I was like, I'm going to have a beautiful opportunity to try to hit the middle on this in the AFC title game. So I put a wad down on paths at like almost three to one to win the AFC. It was a ludicrous line. And I, I'm, you know, I was very, very satisfied with that. This is a very different kind <laughs> of play. Feel These are a lot time. of tickets. Uh, no, I felt good because I had a, I had, I complete, I took, I took a huge swing at the middle. Right. Like if you have a ticket like, oh, that, yeah, I forget. If, yeah. If you have a, if you have a ticket like that, you can, you know, and you're expecting you're playing it, expecting to win uh, and expecting a certain set of events to occur where you get home field advantage and you're a favorite in all of your playoff games. You can take a swing for the middle and hope <clears> the you know, the Jags can, you know, can can deliver. Uh, a loss, but within six points or whatever, four points. I can't remember what the, the spread was, but anyway, they covered pretty comfortably. Uh, and that worked out beautifully. You can't necessarily do that with tickets like this, especially because one, they have to play an extra game. These guys are playing what I call wild card weekend. So it makes hedging much more yeah. challenging. Um, and my, so my favorite way to deal with these lotto type tickets like this is like you, I have equity in all three of these positions. They're not at a cash out book, but I've had built up equity. I can now take a position on, the Texans this week, for instance, like I can go to the future market and bet the Texans win the AFC. Right. And that's a free roll. Yeah. Basically, because Absolutely. if the Texans, you know, Texans win this game, then effectively my Colts ticket up in smoke, but now I've swapped it for a lesser payout, uh, on the Texans. So, you know, I can kind of decide what to do then going forward. Right. Like, so that's one way to play this is to pull the full, full on future market swap. Uh, the other way that I like to think about doing things is, put a Texans money line in an open parlay with a couple open spots and there's your, you know, they win. Then you have, you know, a, you have something in hand that you can add, you know, more stuff to, to keep yourself a lot. You know, you could do something like if you're, if you're me, you could do something where you put the Texans in an open, you know, in a money line parlay this week and put whoever the Chargers Ravens opponent is next yeah. week. Right. And there you've kind of covered yourself on all of the, uh, um, on all the outlay for these tickets. So those are the kind of two, yeah. two ways I would go about it. If you are, if you are holding a lotto ticket in the futures market, either swing away on the opponent in the futures market, uh, or, uh, you know, or look for money line parlay type of hedging. Andy, you got any other strategies that I'm missing? You just, you yeah, bet. You bet so I have you, the Ravens. Yeah, bet, yeah go ahead. I bet at the cash out books. Yeah. You bet at the <laughs> so cash I have out the Ravens books, so it's easier for you at right. a cash out book. Yeah, and after, so after it was before week seventeen, and then after week seventeen, and I I was gonna always I was gonna push that button like I was always gonna push that button because especially if it's a Chargers matchup I don't love that which I might have cost myself some money but it, it paid it paid one to one after after I placed my Ravens to win the Super Bowl bet and then cashed it out. So it's it's it was like a even money on Ravens money line when they were actually a six point favorite. So it was a more valuable way to play play the Ravens in Week 17, I guess. And it, it's silly that I chased it too because I had Ravens to win the division too at plus 450, sweating that. But um, 
The same thing with the Colts and Bears. I have that in a cash out book, but yeah, I, I love your hedging strategies. I love mine better because I can just hit a button, but <laughs> I, I like how you, you you're sliding. And, no, and to, to be fair to mine, it's not as good. Like there's equity loss there that you pay for that. Like it doesn't matter what book you're not getting, you're losing some money that way. Like you, you don't have to have a big bankroll and take big swings on other teams. But yeah, when you do have a lotto ticket, I love what you said, just swapping it out for the team they're playing, take, take a flyer on them. And then you, you have something moving on to the next round. You'll have a, a future bet going into the, into the divisional round, which you're down to eight teams at that point. So let's go. Yeah. Andy, who are you exposed to in the NFC? You have exposure of the chiefs one. Yeah, Chiefs and Patriots. You know the good teams. Chiefs, Patriots, Chiefs Patriots, Rams. <laughs> the teams are the buy. The teams that are already <laughs> the teams there, that are super juiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're holding, if you like, uh, if you have a Colts ticket and you feel very confident that they get the win this week against the Texans, you don't want to hedge that position. Um, and you know that that means next week the Colts go to KC. Uh, does that in- entice you now to take a position on Kansas City before we see, like, uh, uh, you know, because presumably. There will be an upset in the three six would mean that some the, the the Chiefs number could go down, correct? Like once Houston's knocked out, that's a third seed. They have some win percentage that's higher likelihood than you know than the other teams right now. And so presumably you could see the Chiefs number move. Does that entice you to take the Chiefs now to win the AFC as a potential future hedge on your Colts hundred to one? Ask me what I did with that Ravens money. <laughs> what you do? Yeah, you Yeah, that's that's my biggest exposure there. So I I just cashed it out, put it all on the Chiefs at like plus one sixty to win the uh, AFC. Okay, that's what the number was plus one sixty. Okay, nice. Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. So, so I, because if the, the the Colts, there's no there's no guesswork. If the Colts win, they are heading to Kansas City. The Chiefs can't lose this week. Yeah. It would be weird. So, you know, you'll you'll go in there having a bigger position on the Chiefs, but a much juicier long shot on the Colts. So, it, you know, and if the Colts beat the Chiefs, I'm not angry at all about losing a multi-unit bet on the Chiefs to win the yeah, AFC right. because exactly. that hundred to one and, and to win the that Super Bowl is yes, like cash out. Yes, and I can just, yes. I can, depending on who it is, and especially, I also have that, that cute little lotto from beginning, which we need to clip that audio. If it gets even close to this, Oh, the bears, <laughs> we did preseason. We, no, 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 no. We did uh, put, you put me on the spot. Who goes to the Super Bowl? And oh, I and remember. I said, yes, 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 uh, yes, 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 yep. yes. Chargers saints. Yes. I remember this now. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And as yeah. you say, Andy, like, I mean, who did the Chiefs play this weekend? Nobody. <laughs> you don't get position at that number. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, it could. I mean, you could. I, you, you could. You, you could lose a little bit of that if uh, if the Texans are eliminated. Like, you're, it's entirely possible. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, that's and, a good point. Know, and uh, and even if the Texans somehow win, then you're you have Chargers. Yeah, the nightmare is the also. Texans win and then beat the Chiefs, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but that has to they have t- Texans have to go through can't you know go through New England to do that. It's a I mean I mean well, yeah. it's not it's not like you know what are you gonna lose like tip of your pinky or something? I mean it's not it's not like that big a deal, right? So um, <laughs> let's you, you do have a position on Bears NFC fifty to one, right? Oh yeah are you serious? Uh, what uh Oh yeah, Bears NFC fifty one wow, is nice. a nice look, uh, and uh, here we sit 
with the Bears hosting the surprise Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday in the right. in the in the uh, afternoon slot. Uh, Philadelphia, the circumstances that had to play out to get Philadelphia here were pretty amazing. Uh, but Big Dick Nick Foles likely takes the field against the uh, Chicago Bears in Soldier Field, uh, and presumably the betters in the marketplace cannot get enough money down on Nick Foles. They have seen this number on the open from minus seven, get bet all the way down to four and a half before popping back up to six. I know five and five and a half are not huge numbers, but that's still is an impressive swing in my book. Um, I like the bears here. I, you know, I, and granted if you're listening at home and you've listened to a lot of these deep dive podcasts that we've done over the last year, you know that I have a not great history fading Nick Foles. Uh, so take this all with Me a grain too. of salt. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I can't, Agreed. I cannot see this. I cannot see how this Philadelphia Eagles team in any way, shape or form matches up with the bears. And, you know, yeah. to a degree, their Super Bowl was even getting here, right? Like this is not yeah. like the beginning of another magical run for the Eagles. Like they have effectively defended their title by making it back to the Super Bowl. I mean, making it back to the playoffs when no one thought they would. Uh, their run ends here in a dominant performance on the part of the Chicago Bears against a relatively one-dimensional uh, Philadelphia Eagles offense. And uh, I think Mitch Trubisky looks good. I think there are absolutely wide-open holes you can pick apart in the secondary for the uh, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to have some Bears money down on Sunday uh, and uh, watch Nick Foles take it from me again. What about you, Andy? <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, we just talked about the future. I probably won't back the Bears against the spread since I'm pretty big on them. You know, money line essentially with the future. Obviously, letting it ride. I'll probably let it ride against the Rams too. Fuck it, let's take them all the way to the title game. I think the Bears are the class of the NFC. If the Saints didn't exist, I think the Saints will still be able to get it done. Especially, man young quarterback going down to, you know, getting way ahead of ourselves. That's a tough, tough ask for Trubisky and that defense to travel down to the Bayou and get it done. But I think the bears are a team. Yeah. I like him to win this week. I like him to cover. I like the defense yeah. to fuck him up. If Nick Foles isn't hurt already, he's going to be by the end of the game. Um, For sure. The bears is a side. I lean. I'm really, really hoping they just get it done quickly get a big lead maybe a defensive touchdown put the game away so i can breathe easy and move that on to next week dogma is this a, a deep dive wild card consensus i love the bears yeah i mean i agree with 100 percent with you guys i mean you're talking about one of the best the best defense in opponent yards per play they have a great turnover differential i mean the one wild card is uh, everybody knows is, is Trubisky going to turn the ball over? Is he going to have a poor game? I don't see first, it. Yeah, that's Make true. First, first, first ever playoff game for Trubisky. First always, ever playoff game. Always a red flag. Yes. That is this, a very, very good game. rookie quarterback in the playoffs is good. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest thing that you highlight too, Will, is that their secondary is banged up for the Eagles, that is. And I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I understand the Eagles are a great story. I mean, God bless them. They, you know, beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, but. I just don't see the same – it's not the same team. I mean, as you said, they limped into the playoffs here. They have a little bit of momentum. Maybe that's the one thing. But Chicago did have a great display against Minnesota. And as I, as I preface, they have 
their defensive metrics are the best in the NFL. I mean, if they don't suffocate Nick Foles and, as you guys said, beat him up, I'll be surprised. He's, he's going to have, like, a few seconds and maybe one second in the pocket at that rate. I mean, I can see Khalil Mack, like, having a huge game in this instance. I just – this is Chicago's – I don't – I hate to sound cliche or prototypical in that sense, but this is their year, and their defense is displayed such, and they're ready to play. They want to play for Chicago. There's no sort of locker room BS as we've seen with other teams, I love Chicago here. I think they, and I think the number exemplifies that. This is one of the games where I'm just like, okay, six is the right number. And I think it's going to garner a lot of Eagles money. I'm going to be on the opposite side. I dig that. I dig that. I think um, there are probably just people betting it. They're just fading. If you fade a rookie quarterback in the playoffs, yeah, it's probably right. a pop profitable betting strategy over the long term. but it is. doesn't mean it wins every time. It is. And, uh, and I mean, we, I've already talked myself into fading a rookie in the playoffs in the chargers against the Ravens. I've already talked myself into fading a rookie in the playoffs, probably with the Colts against the Texans. Uh, so it's, uh, (laughs) you know, first time, first time if, you know, so I'm, I'm going against the, up you know, against the stream on this one. Uh, but, uh, Andy or dogma, I guess either one of you guys, I'll ask dogma first under 40 and a half was an eye opener. It opened up 41 yeah. and a half. I bet up to 42. It's back down to 41. I can get under 40 and a half for plus 101. And I'm really strongly thinking about that. Uh, is there okay. a risk in betting under 40 and a half? If we see Mitch Trubisky pull the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer special earlier this season, at soldier <laughs> field, he scored 48 points by his damn self. Yeah. Yeah, I think we see a similar matchup. I mean, it's going to be cold. It's going to be at night. That generally favors, I think, a slower plotting, as I like to mention, and a lot of the write-ups I do. Offense. I just don't think that... Um, man, the coach of Chicago is escaping my memory right now. Nagy. For whatever reason, I forget it. Coach of Nagy, the year, Matt thank Nagy. You so much. Yeah, exactly, coach of the year. I don't think he's going to take risks in this game. Alternatively, I think the defense will be able to shut down Philadelphia. So... The, the number's correct. To me, it's the under or nothing and that type of weather. I mean, it's going to be very cold, too. Not to say that Philadelphia is not a cold-weather team. Obviously, they are. Um, probably wouldn't be any, any warmer in Philadelphia either. But um, I definitely side to the under than that. And the point's at a premium in this game. Andy, do you think uh, Matt Nagy has any of the Andy Reid DNA in him where he shows up in the playoffs and – Stinks up the joint. <laughs> he was a little worrisome at the beginning of the year. I will constantly, <coughs> excuse me, probably for his whole career, reference the first game. <laughs> that Packers game because was so bad. They oh man, were the, they should yeah, be a 13-1 team. The job. They, yeah. were, they were a better team by far. They crushed them. They put Rodgers into the locker room. And it's yeah. it's hard because Rodgers has done that so many times to so many people. Like I apologize to Matt Nagy for anything awful I said in the past, but the way they the way they called the game plan in the second half, I'm like, oh man, I was high on this guy, yep. and they he's he's going to be this guy yep. that plays to this guy. And oh, I hate that. I hate that so much. But he's shown improvement over the season. I like some things. Um, I mean, it's the number one scoring defense in the league. They're giving up like 17 and a half points a game. So you don't need to ask that much out of Mitch. If they can get, you know, 
17, 21 points like that. I think, uh, I think the under is the look. I think the bears is the look. I don't know how much I love the bears spread just because it's going to be such a low scoring game where it might be one of those where it's inside the spread on a garbage touchdown where it never felt like the bears was a loser, but everybody with this Philly tickets cashes. Yep. Yep. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, the total is like, the total is pretty accurate. I think according to where the number is, I have it like at least obviously in the low twenties and then early in the high teens, I mean, so you're really not getting that much value. Like when I make at least the, the prediction of it accordingly. So uh, I would have to lean the under in that sense, but yeah, much like some of those games where you see a blowout and it's an under, you see suffocating defense. And then as a result, the offense can't do anything. I, I just, that's kind of where I lean with Chicago here. I, I feel like they come out motivated. I feel like, you know, they demonstrated the defensive prowess against uh, honestly what I posit as a good Minnesota team last week. And I don't know how much you can take into that to the following week, but being at home in this, in this scenario, I, I like it. And also the field too. Chicago uh, prototypically is not a field that garners a lot of offense. I mean, that they make the grass high there on purpose to slow offenses. See a lot of like speedy offenses that go into Chicago and they struggle. And the factor that with cold weather and, uh, just this great defense. I think that they will be able to get after Nick Foles here. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see a few sacks. And like I said, for me, it's, it's, it's Chicago or nothing. I like the line where it is. I think the line speaks volumes, if anything. And I always say that when I take spreads that are higher, because I just don't see it as a close game. I would lean that before I lean the under. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, they are a little discongruous, uh, to use a $10 word. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the I will say yeah I like if I if I had to pick a uh, a previous game on the Bears schedule that this reminds me of it's probably going to be the first game against Minnesota where they beat them yeah. pretty comfortably at home it ended up twenty five twenty because Minnesota got some garbage points late last second uh, yeah which was by the way which was influenced by some pretty weird and wild refereeing in my opinion um, that t- I kind of agree that Jesus game as there. like a Teaser got there. I kind of graded oh, that one. Was, I forgot you had that. Oh, man. Never mind. I take it back. It was a very well-called game, and it was exactly the right score. Um, <laughs> Never know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, no, if this one ends in, like, the 23-14 kind of range, uh, you know, Eagles team total under might be really what I am looking for here. Um, I feel like they can keep them under 17, under 14. Uh, and, you know, Nick Foles. Uh, great job getting your team to the playoffs to defend your title, but uh, go home, buddy. Uh, it's not your yeah. year. Uh, and uh, give no. me back my money. I'm still, <laughs> uh, I'm still reeling from Nick Foles taking my money, but uh, that's okay. Um, we'll uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next year, Philly. Uh, that's right. That's I hope the same. I lost some money. In fact, I lost significant money. And you hate to reflect on some of the losses you've had in the past, but. One of the biggest ones was I took the Patriots money line in the Super Bowl last year, and I actually made it one of my bigger NFL plays, and I was having a great NFL season last year. And seeing how Nick Foles just, like, drove down the field and had some of those, like, ridiculous, unexplainable touchdowns, yeah. I give him all the credit in the world, but I'd love to see him on his back a few times. Uh, and that's yep. a certain degree of emotional bias, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yep. Just I yep. like the Chicago defense. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they uh... – 
you know, he, he might be a sought after, he might be a sought after quarterback this year. It would be cool to see him land in Denver so that we can also then watch, um, watch Joey Bosa and, and, uh, Ingram, uh, sack him <laughs> a couple of times a year for the next, for the rest of his career, uh, in Denver. Anyway, um, while we got your dogma, this is an outstanding podcast. Great job. Do you have, uh, any insight into the college football national championship game? You got any feel for how this one uh, was lined? You know what? The line is set correctly. I, I've followed both these teams. Clemson defensively, obviously, is top tier. We're talking about it's rare, but it's, well, I should say it's rare that you get both in the national championship. But it's also common with the way that the playoffs are working out of recency that you have the best teams in. And it's like Clemson is top five offense, top five defense. Alabama is no different. Their defense lacked a little this year. Um, I think a lot of people were upset that um, that OSU covered um, against Alabama. That was, I know a lot of people that were on Alabama, and they were looking great most of the game. And um, Kyler Murray got that touchdown uh, at the end of the game to give the backdoor cover. Um, I've been in the same situation, so I'm not going to complain. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I do like Alabama here. And I feel like they can get it done offensively to a degree that uh, Clemson can't. Now, Clemson lacks a little bit. If, if anybody watched the Clemson-Notre Dame game, Clemson actually st- uh, struggled initially. They couldn't move the ball. The play calling was very conservative. I'm not sure if they were trying to gauge the Notre Dame defensive scheme. Just kind of Because the passes were short. They were like five, six, five, six yards. They were like prodding the defense. But... Nick Saban is so good with game planning and I feel like he did such a good job on bottling up Murray, but he can do the same with Lawrence. Etienne didn't have a game against Notre Dame. He was kind of absent. I know he had like maybe a few runs. He did break the uh, record, but I, I think the line is, is gauged appropriately. And uh, I, it's funny every year I find myself in the same position. It's like I'm backing Alabama, you know, and they always tend to deliver. So there's no reason for me to go off on that at this point. And it's still early in the week, but uh, I do like that position. Um, all things considered, I, I, you know, you see it, I think it opened at seven. What is it down at six now? I see the game maybe by within that touchdown. I think it's, we're according to what the line suggests. I like Alabama. <sighs> nice. So uh, basically, <laughs> we're going to put um, Bears. Bama money line parlay together and uh, ride that one into uh, second week. Okay, sounds good. That'll work. <laughs> uh, Andy, Bears, Bears, Bama money line gets us into plus money territory, doesn't it? I guarantee. Yeah, Bama's probably like minus what two fifteen, two twenty five. Yeah, and then the yeah, Bears I think around that range. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think right. so. Good deal. Good deal. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Great podcast. Uh, best of luck this wild card weekend. Uh, Dogma, congratulations on the success to this point with your VIP plays. I wish you nothing but, you, but the best going forward. And um, yeah, man, we'll bring you back on in the off season when you got something interesting cooking on some uh, one of the uh, one of the March, sports that's not the March NFL. Madness. <laughs> All right, nice, nice man. Yeah, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure being on with you guys. Like I said, it's a tradition at this time of the year. Um, nice seeing you too, Will. Um, yeah, I look forward to the next one with you guys. As always, you guys are good. As people. always, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you and best of luck. Perfect. Thanks for the effort. Thanks for taking the time, man. Absolutely, anytime, guys. Take care too, Andy. 
right. Bring me Best my tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. Buy a pelican. <laughs>